0: Hey, 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 it's me, Tiffany, the Budget Nista Aliche, your favorite financial educator. You are now tuned into the Unconventional Christian Podcast with my boy, Ladoon. Get into it.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Unconventional Christian Podcast. And I am sitting here with the amazing um, bestseller, uh, my family, my friend. Tiffany Alicia aka the Budget Nista oh, I should say the Budget Nista aka Tiffany Alicia <laughs> <laughs> What's going on Tiff? I'm good doing how are you? I am blessed and you know that sounds so so cliche blessed and highly favored <laughs> 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 Nah, I'm turned up man. I'm so happy to be here um you are you was actually my first intended guest for this uh oh really intended (laughs) intended but you know i gotta get on that schedule man you know life is crazy and is moving fast um before we kick off the podcast i always kick off the podcast with a prayer so can we bow our heads and bow for a prayer real quick Father God, thank you for bringing us here to have us in this space, to have this opportunity, to have this conversation together. Father God, we're asking that you sit us both down and you stand up. We are asking that you bless this fellowship, this conversation, that it's fruitful, that it's changing lives, and that you lead us and continue to give us a hunger for you in all we do, keep you at the center of everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Tiff, what's up? What's going on with you? Just been honestly busy, but
0: in a good way. Just I just love the fact that people are so wide open to financial education right now. So it's been like a pleasure to be able to serve more people.
1: Yes. Yes. Can we talk about three weeks on the New York Times selling <laughs> list? Yes. Yes. Can we talk about it, man? Talk about support. Let's- yeah. Yo, this is amazing. This is this is so, so amazing to have. I'm walking around with it. I'm sitting in Starbucks the other day, and somebody's like, Oh my god, I have that book. Then another no. book I promise you, I'm sitting there in Starbucks. Somebody said, I just got that book. That's a great read. I'm like, you know what I say, right?
0: What? That's it's my cousin. cousin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's every Nigerian's response. I'm like, that's well. my cousin.
1: They were like, Oh, you Evo? I was like, Oh, well, you know, like my mom and her mom. It kinda, yeah. They kind
0: of yeah, keep my family. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is so. I love that honestly. Oh wow, that's so awesome. Yo. I, you know what I'm really waiting for So when I see it out in the wild, like at, at, a, at like you know maybe being at like an airport or whatever, and see someone with the book in my their hand. I'm gonna flip out.
1: That's 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 yo. just you, you know how. You know how much of a manifester you are? Because you know it takes mm-hmm. levels to get to certain levels of manifestation. Mm-hmm. I think you're there. So I, I, feel, I feel like you're going to airport this weekend. I don't know. What are, you, are you flying yet? No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, you're not flying yet. Yeah, not yet. No, nah, I feel you. I feel you. That's great, man. Um, So proud of you on everything that you have going on. And I think that, as you know, this is the Unconventional Christian Podcast. And we just try to have these conversations mm-hmm. where we talk about some important things that are necessary for us as a people. Mm -hmm. For me, that's very important is breaking some of these generational curses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times generational curses coming from our community, especially even just being two Nigerian people, Mm -hmm. is always spiritual, right? Mm -hmm. So in that sense, um, for you, how important has it been to, to like help People break these curses because a lot of it's more financial than spiritual now
0: Mm -hmm. well I mean even for myself I had some like it's mindset things that just held me in bondage you know Mm -hmm. um so I'll give you an example I remember like you know I I moved out of my parents house and I I was like I think I was like 22 I graduated college stayed home for a year to save money moved out. And normally my dad and my mom kind of told me what to do with my money, especially my father, since he was a CFO and an accountant. But when I moved out, I realized how little I knew what to do on my own without being like, what next? What next? And I remember um, I was reading all of these financial books to try to figure out, you know, how to be grown on my own. And they just seemed like mumbo jumbo.
1: Mm. And I could
0: distinctly remember, like I could see it in my mind. that I was in my this, um, this little two-bedroom house that my sister and I were renting. I was sitting on this, this blue couch. A friend of mine had given us her old couch and I got like some couch cover that was navy blue. And I remember literally sitting on that couch and praying and saying, God, I don't understand any of these things. And I'm worried because I don't want to move back home. And right. I made a promise. I said, I promise God, if you show me, I will show others. Mm. I made that promise, 22 years old, sitting on a secondhand couch in my first apartment. Wow. And all the books I began reading after that, it was like, it was like a, I was seeing them with new eyes. Wow. Like I understood. I was like, oh, duh, that's how you do this. That's how. And I really credit that. And so, for the first few years, God allowed me to just absorb as much information as possible. I was rocking with my debt, my credit, my, and I was doing doing good. I forgot about the the other part. If you will show me, I will show others. I'm like, uh, I'm all, you know we right now. We're on Tiffany right now. And I remember being called to start to show others. And I was like, okay, I showed my sister and then like maybe some friends and God was like, no. So I was teaching preschool at the time and it was maybe like seven years into teaching my 10 years stint into teaching preschool and the show others part was growing stronger. Like I would right. hear it all the time. And I'd be like, I am, I, I showed the parents today. I-, I am, I, you know, I helped my sister. And it was like, that's not what I said. Like you, you know, you asked right. for this this blessing Right. This is a blessing that is meant to bless you, but pass through you to bless others. So right. it got stronger and stronger and stronger, and then finally in 2019, um, one day I got a phone call: your daycare center is now closed. You don't have a job, and uh-huh. it was like, "Go show others." Like
1: now I was it's like, "Where yeah,
0: is Yes, and even then I fought against it because I was like, "Well, I don't know. I just I'm not an expert." He's like, you know, and so that's how the budget needs to really started. It. it was that I prayed for a thing I received the thing that I prayed for but I'd made a promise that I was nervous afraid or just unqualified that I felt to keep and it was like no if I call you I've qualified you and it's not going nothing else you do is going to work out oh oh, I remember I was like oh I'm gonna do that planning that didn't work out oh I'm gonna do that nothing literally worked out until I came back it was like okay Okay, so I just started um, volunteering, teaching financial education um, in my community. And then I got a contract with the United Way. And I've just learned, it was such a valuable lesson that I learned to remain in alignment with what I was called to do. And I will always be fine. Anytime that I try to sway to the left or sway to the right, it's like, that's cute over there, but you'll be by yourself over there.
1: Uh, You know, come back.
0: Yes, come back to where I put you and you won't have to worry. That's why that book three weeks on the New York Times bestsellers list, three weeks on the Wall Street Journal bestsellers list, USA Today, um, 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 Publishers Weekly, Amazon, Apple, every list, almost every book list out there this book has made. But that's because it's not me. That is me being in alignment with my assignment. This is my go show others.
1: Oh my God. You are giving me a a verbal tongue lashing. (laughs) Now I have to sit back. It's crazy. I feel like I have to sit back and be like, what did God tell you to do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we talk about this all the time. I, gotta, I feel like I, there's so many, like, so, you say so much and so little that I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, I was <laughs> such that. So the first thing that I thought about mm-hmm. now, this is something I've thought about over the last couple of days knowing, coming up to this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, do you look at yourself as a as a servant of God in the sense that I say even to extent I'd even call you a prophet specifically because. <laughs> God has called you to minister this message to people that is changing their lives. This is like, like God said, you do this, this is like, you know, because in the new day and age, this is probably where it's Tiffany, the budget chapter, what you call it, verse three will be in the, <laughs> in the future Bibles because it's you being obedient to the calling of God that's allowing you to step up and change your lives. You know what I mean? Because the prophet that people look at now, you think of the church, you think of evangelists, you think of TD Jigs, but there are prophets out there that are not walking around waving a cross, but they are being obedient to God's calling. Do you, do you feel like you're you're stepping into that place of service slash, um, if I'd even say being a prophet of God in that sense?
0: Uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like I have been 100,000% know that I have been called to teach. mm you know, that like I yeah. know that like I knew from a little girl that I was supposed to be a teacher. Um, like that was already like shown like you you are a teacher. And I taught Sunday school. I, I taught when I babysat, you know, I I I know a hundred. I know everybody doesn't know their clear purpose, but I know mine. Right. You know, it's, it's like, you know, now I'm not always want to wanted to do it. But Mm -hmm. it's always been very clear that, Tiffany, you have been called to teach. That is your gift. And through that gift, I will bless you and other people. But if you don't want to do that, then whatever you do, that's on on your own. Because there's Mm -hmm. no way I could have done this. Like, I don't think people understand with a book. Like, people come out with books all the time. About 100,000 books come out every year. 100,000. Less than half a percent make it on the New York Times bestsellers list. Right. Less than half a percent, let alone your first book. Let alone not one list, but two lists. How, how can I make that happen? I can't. Mm. You know, that it's not by my works. Like even just like the growth of the brand and the company. Yes, I work hard, but lots of people work hard. Mm. It's not by my hand or by my works. You know, it's, it's really that I tell people all the time that um, sometimes we work so hard because we think that it's really us lifting it. I liken it to. You ever walk with like a little kid and they want to carry their book bag or they want to carry the bag and it's too heavy for them? Right. So you're holding it from the top and they're holding it at the bottom and they think that they're carrying it.
1: Right, right, right. And they're right. like,
0: oh, I got it. But it's you. That's right. what I really like and like what's happening with me and God. That are like, I'm like, look, I got the bunch stuff. But <laughs> I'm the kid thinking God's like, meanwhile, I'm doing all the lifting. She right. just got her hand on it. And she, you know, she thinks like this little effort is doing something. My effort cannot move the mountains that ha- that had been moved. Um, right. That's not what the effort, that's not why I, even just for anyone listening, the efforts that you put in, because it's not just, it's not you. Because at any moment I could, there could be a leak in the ceiling of where I'm sitting right now and I can have a plumber come and he open it up and there's a million dollars worth of diamonds that were stashed there 50 years ago. Right. That could ha- Like literally God doesn't need all of your, he could just be like, there's some diamonds in the ceiling. He don't need you in order to make things happen. Right. But you, you put in the work as your as your like um it's almost like your toll of obedience to say, you know, I'm I'm putting in the work, although it's not my work that generates this blessing, because he doesn't need you to generate any blessing. He can make anything happen at any moment, at any time. And I'm I'm conscious of that, but I put in the work, you know, to be respectful of the fact that like, you know, I, I'm grateful for this blessing. And I know that, you know, um, you know, I don't I'm not taking it for granted that the things that are happening, you know, are blessing the to me the, the the best sermon i ever remember listening to when i was in high school and it's it's stuck with me since is my pastor said that you have to remember in every blessing there is excess that mm-hmm. a blessing is meant for you to enjoy some but also to share some
1: right so let's
0: just say you're beautiful like Halle Berry or who you know Angela Bassett you are meant to like you you know enjoy your beauty but also use your beauty. You know, like Angela Bassett might champion cancer causes. You know, but we pay attention because of the way she looks. Halle Berry might can- you know champion you know um, I don't know like you know some childhood disease diabetes, but we listen because she's beautiful. Right? right. You might have like the the brain of the like most brilliant scientist. Use that blessing for yourself to advance your career, but then you're also supposed to use that to find the cure for for cancer. And mm. so in every blessing, you have to remember that. It is for you to enjoy and to pass on through the excess. And right. so as long as you do that, like what happens is I get elevated. Mm-hmm. I get a blessing. I enjoy some. I give some. God says, well done. Next level. Right. I get that blessing. I enjoy some. I give some. God says, well done. Next level. As long as you keep doing his will, Ooh. that elevation, that the sky is the limit when I tell you. The sky is the limit of how, as long as I stay in alignment, every once in a while, I'll get to the left. Cause I'll start feeling myself like I did this. And he's like, okay, without me, let's see, carry the bag without me. Oh, it's heavy, huh? Yeah. Right. Because your little finger on that bag is not moving in, oh, you know? Man. And so I just think that like, I'm just a testament to being and remaining in alignment with God's will for you. Yeah. Um, sometimes I don't know, like, you know, I don't always, I'm not always clear on the voice or the message or what am I supposed to do? But then I just remind myself, at the very least, I, you know, you're supposed to teach. Right. You know, you, so sometimes I'll just randomly go live because I'm like, I'm feeling like out of alignment. I'm like, well, go live, girl. Teach a whole lesson. You know, something that maybe somebody might pay for, but, you know, like teach.
1: Yeah. Like if yeah. you don't know how
0: to do anything else, do the thing that he called you to do. So I'm like, well, I've been called to teach, so I will. But yeah, it's been.
1: Yeah, I'm honestly, you, yeah. you, you're preaching to me right now because mm. like. And this is something I, I've been taught. I talk about it all the time. And sometimes you need a reminder from somebody mm-hmm. else from a different perspective, because I mm-hmm. could talk about it with people, but sometimes you don't get that. um, You don't get that common ground that's necessary for that conversation. But now that obedience is so important, because yes. about, obedience is like, and I've said it numerous times. Like if you're, if you're obedient when God first put it on your heart, it won't feel like a sacrifice. Yes. You know what I mean? Cause like, like God still, in my mind, God's still going to bless you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But dil- but we it's so funny. I was talking about this with uh, Michelle Williams was on last week, and she said the laid the obedience is still disobedience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, so there's there's there are uh, re- repercussions repercussions yes. for that. You know what I mean? It may mean. Your purpose, your blessing that you were supposed to get, and you were supposed to flourish all your 30s. Mm-hmm. Now you get it in your 60s. Yes. You don't get me wrong. You still get the blessing. St- but, yep. It's just as delayed as your obedience.
0: Because mm-hmm. it's like, when I told you, it was like God was telling me, it's time to walk away from the preschool. You've learned what you, I needed you to come here to learn to teach. That's why I brought you here. I did yeah. not bring you here to stay here. I'm like, no, I love it. It's easy. Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> right. So it was like one one financial drama after another. Before you know that 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 center was literally shut down, and so for five years I struggled. I was living off couches. I had to rent a room. You know, mm. I lost my house to foreclosure. All of that had I left what he said, yeah. and then you know, li- li- like look at all that was waiting for me. This is what I was afraid of.
1: Right. You know,
0: like this is the I'm, my obedience brought me here. But it's like, well, now you're gonna have to go through it because I don't told you to leave. But you know, that's that's cute. But you are gonna learn. So I've learned to it's hard sometimes because you don't know the way and you're just like, but I like it here. It's so comfortable. It's like, but God is really bringing you to the next level. And if you would just say yes and do what you're called to do, like, I mean, all the things, all the desires and dreams of your heart, literally stuff that I used to write down in my journal and my, my impossible goals and dreams are like so small, you know, like I remember I um, was like um, sleeping on Tracy's couch for like a year, my sister, and it was a struggle because she had a one bedroom and um I was like, I'm gonna be out in three months. Yeah. 12 months later, I was like, hey, I need more time. <laughs> she was like, you're yeah, right out of time. you gotta go back to mommy and daddy. I already told my parents mm. that I was going good, so I did not want to go back home because I knew they was gonna get, make me get a regular job. Right. And um, I remember writing down like all that I wanted to do, like how, like how much I wanted to, to give back, what, how I want to take care of my parents. I wrote down all of my goals and dreams and how much I wanted to travel. And then I quantified it and said, girl, you would have to make three thousand, three hundred thousand dollars a year to make this fictitional life of yours happen. Right. And I was like, dad, but you know what? I put it down and I said, okay, still, you never know. I put it down and, and now last year, my companies combined made over $10 million. That was like seven years ago that I wrote that down. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like that 300, God was like, if you would just listen to her head, these little peanuts that you're talking about, is nothing comparison to what I have for you.
1: Oh my mm-hmm. God. These are like, you know what I mean? I don't know why it's so like, let me be right. And this is not like big excitement. It's like when I hear it, it's the confirmation sometimes that's necessary because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand How we stay stuck on certain levels Mm -hmm. and certain chapters of our life because we weren't obedient. Mm Some, I'm literally. I've been doing this thing called the prayer room on Instagram.
0: Mm -hmm. I saw. And,
1: And um, I was talking about chapters, and I was saying sometimes we get to certain chapters in in our life where it just seems like, man, I can't get to the next chapter, and it's because. In chapter two, three, four, or five, where somewhere we were called to be obedient, to listen Mm -hmm. to something, to grasp something, to learn something, the tools that's necessary to go into the next chapter, we left it in those back chapters. So we got to go back back and do the homework, and that's that's the same thing we've been talking about, like in the prayer room. We just talk about specifically about like um, dealing with we have to deal with some of these things from our past mm-hmm. in order for us to move forward. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I believe and, that. And that just goes out the same thing with our parents, whatever yeah. it is, when it comes down to um, like specifically, and when we talk about this book, the great thing, and I want to just commend this book. One thing about this book is that it's definitely this, this is, this is very close to, I think a child could read this. Yes. I feel like a, Uh, a a seven-year-old if you left them in a room with this and they have nothing else to do and they read this they would actually finish the book (laughs) not in in some time (laughs) they wouldn't do it the same day but if they read it like this is not something a kid would look at and say I don't understand this yeah and it was it was
0: it was intentional so when I wrote Geek With Money I was intentional that I pulled forth when I used to teach preschool, what does it take to take somebody from a place of no knowledge to knowledge? That is the reason why I'm very clear. And I didn't know why God put me in teaching preschool. Cause even the way I got there was so strange. I'm like, how am I teaching preschool? He put me there to learn to teach. Right. Because anybody who is an administrator uh, of any type of, yes, any type of school will tell you, you put your best teacher with the youngest children.
1: Uh-huh because, moment.
0: you know, because there's no point of reference. So if you're in high school, and I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you from a place where you have building blocks already. Right. Literally, when you're teaching preschool, you might say to a little kid, "Okay, we're going to talk about the color red today. Red like an apple." And the three year old might say, "What's an apple?" Right. And you're like, "Oh wait, okay, wait." So now you're literally teaching the foundational fundamentals just to teach the basics. Right. So I got to go back, back, back just to, for you to understand. Okay, now that you know what an apple is, now we could talk about red. Mm. And so no learning after 10 years of learning how to teach, to bring a being from no knowledge whatsoever. Some kids don't even know their name. You know, like your name is Ladoon and you might come and say, um, three years old, what's your name? Dooney. Cause that's what they call you at home. So exactly. now I've got to teach you that your name is Ladoon. And you're like, no, it's Dooney. You're like, so now you're like, okay. And mommy's name is not mommy. Mommy's name is Patricia. Like I'm telling you, the fundamental stuff you have to do. It takes an extraordinary teacher to teach such a young age because there's no blocks. You are literally forming the building blocks. And so that is why when you read Get Good With Money, what you're seeing is, um, so I was obedient to going to preschool because I I went to school for business and I thought to myself like, okay, you know, like there was a job offer that was made to me. It was like $50,000 a year and I hated that internship where I had the job offer. But then I really, something in my heart said I wanted to teach, you know, and I know that God put it in my heart, but I was afraid because all my friends were becoming doctors and lawyers in this, you know, Nigerian way, engineers and pharmacists. Exactly. And I was like, I'm going to teach. And then worse off, um, I I couldn't, because I didn't have my teaching degree, I couldn't teach any older grades. I had to start in preschool, go back to school. I went to Keene to go, I went to Montclair State for my business degree. And then I went to Keene to get my teaching certificate. And so here I am. With a bachelor's degree teaching preschool. And people were like, oh, but no, God brought me there. He said, because this is the key door two that you need to pick up. So when I take you to door nine, you're ready.
1: Right. You
0: know, right. so I just thought he brought me there to be a teacher. He's like, no, I taught, I brought you there to learn to teach. And then I got comfortable, didn't want to leave. He said, this is not, you're not here to stay here. You're here to collect a skill set that you're going to need for my assignment for you.
1: That's the part of the journey that a lot of people don't understand how necessary it is to be obedient in the beginning Yes, when God first puts it on your heart. You know what I mean? Because sometimes like if you could have, let's just say you would have skipped the process, right? Don't get me wrong. The budget needs to still may have come out. Mm -hmm. You still may have had all the success, but the ability to put this into to this forum, yes, where everyone is like, I understand this. Yes, I feel like I am reading Warren Buffett's yes, um, whatever. Because that this one is this is for everybody. Yes, this is for everybody. This is not just like oh, you. What have you're to reading
0: is the key that I picked up in door two. It's right. like literally like in the book, I, t- I tell you that each chapter is going to be broken down in three parts: plan, do, review. That is literally when preschool, they teach you, this is how you write your curriculum. Mm. So I am literally educating you the way I would a three and four year old. That's why you're like, I get it. I get it. I don't feel overwhelmed because I I know because that the plan is, so if I'm teaching you like, so, there, so for those of you listening, my book is called Get Go With Money, 10 Simple Steps to Becoming Financially Whole. So are these 10 steps, each step is broken down by plan, do review. So step one is budgeting. I let you know, The plan lets you know, this is what we're going to do today. So imagine in preschool, it's, we're going to learn the letter A today. Right. So it sets the tone, but for you as an adult is in this budgeting chapter, you're going to learn how to create a budget, something written and visible, how to open up the correct bank accounts and how to semi or fully automate it. So now when you're reading the chapter, you're not wondering where we going, where we going. I tell you in the beginning, adults need that kind of like, got you, then the do. The do is the actual lesson. Here's step by step by step by step how to budget. I give you homework along the way so we could check for understanding. I explain at nauseum. I give you visuals if necessary. Those are the do's. Same thing. The do for for preschool is all right. You know we're learning a. Go to the art area, draw your a. Go to block area, make a's with blocks. Go to right. the, the library area, read a books. And then the review is what you do at the end of the day with kids when we're like, we basically go through the day and it's a mirror of the plan. Did you learn how to make your budget? Is it visible? Do you have the bank accounts necessary? Um, is it automated or semi automated? So that plan, do, review is literally the preschool teacher curriculum. Right. And so, right, right. but that's a tool. How could I? There's no way for me to put that into a book without having lived that for 10 years and knowing that it works because I was mindful in writing the book, how intimidating financial education can be, mm-hmm. how intimidating the process can be. Um, but also too, I noticed that people were succeeding. Like I have this Facebook group called um, Dreamcatchers Live Richer with the Nista. And I was noticing that people were like, yay, my credit score is awesome. Or yay, I have savings or yeah, I have budget, but never yay, I'm holistically doing well financially. And I realized like, ah, you got your numbers, but not your letters. You got your letters, but not the shapes. You got the shapes, but not the colors. And I thought, how do I give you access to the full financial picture you need to literally be good with your money? And so that's why I wrote it, because I wanted to walk the reader through, starting with budgeting, ending with estate planning. Here's what you do step by step by step. You don't have to do every step right now, but you know, when you're ready, you might be like, you know what? I'm ready to, I'm ready to update my insurance. I, you know, you can go to the insurance chapter and walk you through exactly what you need. Right, it just feels right, so good. Like right. it's like, that is my overflow. That is my, in every blessing, there's excess like that. I've used all of my, my 10 steps to financial wholeness to make myself financially whole. And because right. there's such an overflow, I wrote that book from the overflow and that's what you're receiving.
1: And, and it's so funny. You see that overflow. I think that, and, and I was reading. And it's so funny. You see meme somewhere. But I was uh, a friend of mine. She said the overflow occurs when you start pouring from the saucer, not from the cup. You know what I mean? Like because the overflow, <sighs> you're pouring you're the from the. But from the, from like your
0: divine power from God, yes, you're right. Yes,
1: you're pouring. Ooh, from, yes. Right, now you're pouring from the sauce, So You're not even pouring from the cup anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that
0: because it, it, it's. I mean, overflow has been such a theme in my life. I mean, one time I went to this um conference. It was this. It's called the um the woman. It's it's literally called conferences for women. It's the largest series of conferences in, across the um, country. Right. The one I spoke at, Serena Williams spoke on the main stage. It was like sixty thousand women in attendance right and I was so nervous so they um gave me like a breakout room they're like okay Tiffany this is your room and I remember I had gone into like the 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 main kind of like um um I guess it was like a it was like a bazaar. it's almost if you think of Essence Fest it's like you know they have like all the the booths and all the like people who are selling stuff and then you could break out and go to your room so I was in that main area and I saw a woman that I knew in the finance community and she was like oh my gosh Tiffany what are you doing here I said oh I'm I'm speaking and she's like, oh, oh, that's great. You know, I want to come see you. You know, where are you speaking? And I showed her like, you know, like my number was like room number 1129. And so we looked on the map and she was like, wow, why do they have you so far out? So I was already nervous. And I was like, she's like, when I spoke here, they had me like on the semi main stage. And I was like, oh, my goodness. She was like, wow. So, I I mean, my heart was racing. And so I was like, you know, I just thought to myself, wow, you know, they must not think I bring value no one's going to come. It's so far out. And even the way they named the my class, it was a really bad name. It right. was like, it was some, they just, they, they basically messed up everything. And I remember thinking like, wow, you know what? I mean, I, it is what it is. So I remember walking to the class like to go, you know, and I was going to go early, like 20, 30 minutes early to set up. And I was like, I'm walking, I'm walking. It was at least like a six, seven minute walk. I'm like, they got me all the way at the end of the conference. Right. So I get there and I see all these people and I'm like, okay, the, the other speaker's not done yet. And they didn't leave. And I'm like, what, 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 who are all these people here for? And the girl was like, we're here for somebody called the budget I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> the room was packed so much so that people were outside looking. And I was just like, what? So I did my, it probably was like 200 people that could fit in the room. I did my speech. And I thought like, oh my gosh, it went really well. Everybody loved it. Then afterward, everybody went to go see Serena Williams speak, but I was so hyped up. I just sat in the cafeteria to eat by myself and these two sisters were sitting there. They were like, oh, hey, can we sit with you? I said, sure, these two young girls. And they said, we were so mad that your room got packed, but thank goodness, you know, we were in the overflow. And I was like, oh yeah, 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 what? And then she kept saying it like, you know I wasn't able to get into your room but we were in the overflow and i'm like what is she talking about so i was like wait what overflow she said oh girl your room was packed so they opened up the room next to it for 200 people and that was the overflow room and we were sitting ah. watching you on a screen i wept so like from the overflow it was like it was can you imagine from mm-hmm. being all the way at the end of the conference the wrong title you know that lady telling me that they had me on the wrong stage Right. And not only did my, was my room full, the room next to it, people were just watching me on video in the overflow room. Wow. And I just, I, when I tell you when you do what you are called to do, mm. you know, God makes overflow for you. I mean, it's just, it it is set aside for you.
1: I'm you getting know? on my knees tonight. hmm And I'm going to God and I have to ask God to read. I just need a quick realignment. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, I I think I'm leaning into my, you know, I didn't think I know I'm leaning into my purpose. Mm -hmm. But now I need a little bit more being direct and like, you know, ask for obedience. But now asking for obedience and having the discernment that God gives to you now and actually choosing what God wants versus what you want is Mm -hmm. is the the real battle. A lot of times we all face and I'm I'm guilty of it, too. As much Mm -hmm. as people look to me. And they think of me you know people always joke around doom past past the doom mm-hmm. but it's like you know um the discernment part the ability to really hear take time to hear god is yes. so important and i think that that's like a big battle for us all even especially just as entrepreneurs um just in our even our com- community overall obedience like i think when you when this is when this run is done which it'll never be done mm-hmm. um I think the next thing is now, it's almost like Star, what is it, Star Wars? How he did the first one and mm-hmm. then he came out with the other one that was the pre-story. Now, yes. the next book that Tiffany needs to write is called Obedience. <laughs> 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 because there's so much room for people to understand before all of this, mm. before this comes the ground foundation of the obedience. Because mm. a lot of times, People trying to get good with money, but at the same time, they haven't been obedient to something that God has put on their heart, whether mm-hmm. it's like even the separation of certain people, places and things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest questions, and, I, and I'm you know, trying to make sure I get through some of the main things. Um, why is it so hard for us in our community to become financially whole?
0: So, well, there are systemic things that are put in place. Like mm-hmm. the appraisal system, for example, for your home, black and brown homes are underappraised by 23% on average than white homes. Mm-hmm. So, and a home is a cornerstone for wealth. So my parents bought their home in Westfield when I was nine years old, they right. bought it for $250,000. That was big money back then. Right now that same house, like 20 years later, you know, is worth $700,000. Right. So that a home is a cornerstone for wealth, potentially, because of that ability to appreciate to that amount. Now, if they tell someone your seven hundred thousand dollar home is actually worth six fifty, that's fifty thousand dollars taken from your family.
1: Right. You know, so there's systemic
0: things like that. One. And then on two, you're paid less at work.
1: Right. Right.
0: So on average. So you're getting paid less. And then the things that you own are valued at less. So you're Mm -hmm. losing on both ends. So a lot of it is that. And then some things too is just the like um, I remember uh, reading a story, like reading some sort of article about why so many Black people don't know how to swim. Yeah, and it was because um, there was this concerted effort. You know, we know like in the '60s where we were not allowed the integration. You know, was not allowed. Right. And so the access to pools, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> was denied inner city kids. So you have this whole sect of people who didn't have access to pools. So if you meet black people who grew up next to bodies of water, they swim. Right. You know,
1: right. I am one of them. I am Mm -hmm. still one of those people that do not know how to swim. And I've made it my my agenda to um, learn how to swim before 40.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you, because it's access to resources, access to knowledge, you know, but I'm so glad that things are changing because you have your podcast. So I have a podcast called Brown Ambition where we talk about money and career and stuff with like, you know, um, especially for women. Um, So now that access is broadening, you know, there's access to courses now because before if you could not physically get to a place, you would not have access. But because everything is online now, social media, which we reign on social media, has allowed us to have access. So you're seeing this uptick in black and brown people talking about money learning about money, teaching about money because the access has shifted our ability um, to get knowledge. And so like, yeah, so we, we, we are able to, although the systemic things must be addressed. Like right. I worked on um, with a friend of mine, Assemblywoman Angel V. McKnight to get uh, the budget needs, the law passed, which mm-hmm. um, financial education is now mandatory for middle schools in New Jersey, but we're also oh, working yeah. on a law for the appraisal process, making right. it illegal to underappraise someone's home based upon their their race, their gender. Um, and so it just, it's just, it's, it's a mixture of having things like that come in, but also like let's normalize having these types of conversations. It's why I wrote Get good With Money in that way, because right. I wanted the, the, a really good teacher makes teachers out of their students.
1: Right, right. Like right. that's,
0: you know what I mean? Like it's, a, it's not an easy thing to be able, because if I can teach you so well that you feel comfortable in sharing that knowledge, that means I've done my job times 10 because now you then become the budget Nista in, in your life. You read it and you're like, ah, oh, I got it. So the next time your brother comes to you and it's like, yo, I'm having a hard time. it's was like, nah, bro, this, you don't need whole life insurance.
1: Here's why.
0: You see, like, wow. I remember, like I was telling my husband,
1: Uh-oh. he, he a- wanted
0: to, he, he, <laughs> he, wanted to buy, um, um, uh, um, um, I don't know, a Mustang, something. He already has a nice car. And he, so he wanted to buy another car. And I was like, well, babe, you know, we 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 have this property that we bought um, aside from our house, and we're we're gonna, where he and his his homeboy, they're fixing it up, they're gonna rent it out. I said that is an asset, you know, and um, a car, um, you know, over time, really, it's like, well, I guess a, a car could be called a depreciating asset, but let's just say for now, a car is like a liability because it doesn't really make you any money, right? right? And so I. I told him you know it's ideal that you let your assets pay for your liabilities mm. meaning instead of you just buying the car have one of our investments generate enough money so you can get that car so our wealth does not diminish, diminish. Mm. And so um, he was like oh that's smart so you know i fixed up the house a gift to myself is i saved some money from the rent i put it toward getting a car and then we could get it put some money more money toward getting the next property i said exactly so then i heard him on the phone talking to one of his boys. And so if you know me, my husband, he was born and raised in Newark projects, just like, you know, he was like, nah, yo, let me tell you something, nah, yo, you got it all wrong. You need to let your assets pay for your Ryan <laughs> That's where you messed up. I was like, yes, because that meme meant that he understood it well enough that he could pass on the knowledge to someone who I don't have access to.
1: Yeah, and that's, and that's one of the hardest things out here, because a lot of times I've been places where I've learned something and somebody's like, yo, tell me about that thing. And I'd be like, well, this, <laughs> um, yes. You know I think you should probably go uh, look up online, right? Look yes. Because right? I can't tell, but like, because the way somebody told me yes, probably not the easiest way for me to digest it. And yes. I probably haven't fully grasped it anyway, but I have an idea of it mm-hmm. now. Nah, that's good, man. That's, that's, that's super good. Because a lot of people I'm telling you can't pass on information. If we can't yes. pass it on to our friends, we can't pass it on to our children.
0: Mm-hmm. So- and it's also true being that you might not have the grasp to really make it even work for yourself. So yes, that's why I wrote, uh, get good yeah. with money in a way that. That i did i wanted to write it in a way and i wanted to give you tools that you're able to pass on and pass on and pass on because right, right. i don't you know i want 10 years from now you know how they talk about rich dad poor dad yeah this
1: is that. This, you you said what this in 10 years from now this is get good with money this yes a ring right there with them and
0: this that's is what i'm wanting it's gonna be
1: get it's gonna be a uh, rich dad poor dad it's gonna be um what is there there's the four There's hour a, work
0: week. I like that you one. You have
1: the four hour work week. Then you have get good with money right there. You have the, what's the, uh what's the love languages book? Oh, um, five love languages. All of that. They're going to be right there. Next week. <laughs> that's that what is. I'm
0: wanting. And so yeah. like, and yeah. that's what I'm working toward. And that's what I ask God for that. I get to yeah. leave a legacy of financial education, specifically for our people who oftentimes are left out of the financial conversation, but like me being on the cover is permission to say no you belong in this section of the bookstore you're looking for money books yes come here get mine get other ones you belong here the information here is for you as well
1: you know um how important for you as a not only as a nigerian um first generation your first second generation nigerian correct
0: no first. well no my parents were born in nigeria i was born here
1: okay so um that would make you First generation, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First generation, First generation. Ni- Nigerian woman. How um, is it important for you to um, just to leave your legacy as um, a woman who has made such a difference impact wise, not just in our country, not just in our community in the world? I, You
0: know, it's. It feels really special. I was conscious of the legacy because I, um, so my father doesn't have any sons and you know, as a Nigerian man, that's hard to swallow.
1: Right. You know? <laughs> and is. so,
0: no, for real, right? Because, oh, no, like, I
1: know. I think my father, my father who's passed away to this day. Like my, one of my things, like if I had two girls, I'm going to have another, I'm going to keep trying to like. I mean,
0: and we're five. So my dad was, kept. my mother was like, apparently God said no. Yeah. I
1: that's remember it. when my mother, <laughs> I remember when my mother found out information from my her uh what is it called? But my little brother who's the fourth one, when she got the um what you call it, gram back, because anytime I'm on uh anytime I'm on here, words just slip my mind. <laughs> I know but, what you mean. <laughs> but when she basically got the uh, gender of the baby, I just remember hearing her crying. She oh. was like bawling. My mother, my father went over there to like comfort, he was like, get off me, don't talk to me. <laughs> You wanted a girl. You wanted a girl.
0: We got yeah, cool autumn bonus. boys, I know. So yeah. they, so I remember thinking that um, when I, before, I remember telling myself, before I get married, I want to have a book out. It's one of the reasons why I put out the one week budget, my first book, because I wanted the name Aliche. That's my my dad's last name. I wanted it yeah. to be on a book because even though he doesn't have a son, at least his name can still live I on. Yes, and so to have Aliche, on this book and for it to have done what it does, what it's done for it to be a New York Times bestseller and all these other things. Like I feel like although he doesn't have a son, his name gets to live on indefinitely. That Aliche will always be a name that people say, oh yes, 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 Aliche. So it was like this, that was like my gift to him to be able to have his name continue to live on even if it doesn't live on through his son, it gets to live on through 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 the things I've been able to put out into the world.
1: Right, right, and that's and, and that is done. I tell you that there's no question about it. Like yeah, I'm a my last name's Thompson. If I end up having all girls, I pray that my girl is is, is able to create such a legacy that you have done. Um, just to touch on, because I know time is against us. Um, how important for you is it, is it keeping God in the center of everything you do?
0: Well, it's a, it's it's critical because nothing works if I don't. Whenever I know this, that I remember writing in my journal years ago when I was going through like a really hard time, and I was like Tiffany, you forget every single time you go through a really hard time, it's always the same reason,
1: right?
0: Because you have strayed from God. That's it. I, and oh. I wrote in my journal, closeness is happiness is closeness with God. That I have been happy when I was broke. I have been happy when I was. It. It's not about because you keep telling yourself it's because of this and my struggle. That mm. you are your happiest when you are in alignment and closest with God. That is literally it. Period. And so that's why, like, I, you know, I don't always get it right because I'm human and we forget sometimes. And you veer to the left and then you wonder why life is not feeling as fulfilled. And God's just looking right. at you like, well, look at her once again. Doing once your again. own thing.
1: <laughs> Doing your own thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Do
0: you rules, right exactly go carry the whole bag by yourself if you would just let me help you or sometimes you're like you're such in a rush you see kids you want to go outside No, no, no. if you would just wait for me you no, wouldn't we, have to walk the whole way
1: yo we know that feeling when we're out of the will of god mm-hmm. we know that we know the feeling it, it eats at you you wake yes. up you hear it you you're like man i gotta get back in the will of god yes it time it takes prayer it takes fasting. Mm-hmm. it, takes it does of gratitude all of those things yes and so uh, for
0: me, it's critically important to stay as close to God as possible, because really that's the only way to sustain joy, peace, and happiness.
1: Yeah. You know? And, and then
0: we- remembering that he always wants what's best for me, even though I might think like, well, I'm not gonna be able to have any fun if I do what he said. And that's just not true.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. That, yo, that's, I'm telling you, and that is one of the biggest things for me when it comes to being this unconventional Christian why it's so important that I express to people that you can still be lit and hot for God at the yes. same time. Mm-hmm. It's so important cuz people feel like, "Oh my God, you know, you know if I become sense cent- focused on God, I got to be so corny, I got to sit down, I got to stay in the house. I mm-hmm. can't can't be on the gram, I can't laugh at this, I can't <laughs> go have fun with my friends. You can still be lit and hot for God, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Cuz I think that it's so, imp- and, and, and with you specifically, like, I see how you move and I see when you talk. And the great thing about it is that you don't beat people down with God. Like, it just, mm-hmm. it just seeps out in your, mm-hmm. it seeps out in your message because it's important for people to feel more, like, it's one of the big things for me is that, like, it's, I'm more concerned about relationships than religion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because religion has scared people away for so long. Mm-hmm. So relationships, are so, I mean, relationships are so important when you can have that, that layman's term conversation. That's the same thing with this. Mm-hmm. I think the, 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 the science of things, the, the complicated part of things is what makes people run away from yeah. the knowledge because they automatically feel like I can't do it. So, Yeah. All right, because I know time is against us, and I'm trying my best. You know, I had 97 questions set for me, but <laughs> there's, there's always room for part two. Yes. So what I'm going to do is that we do this thing, which is called the rapid-fire question. Okay. And um, I'm going to just run through a few for you. Um, first one, Nigerian movie or American soaps?
0: Nigerian movie.
1: <laughs> Favorite finance book for you? Get Good With Money. Get Good With Money. I love it. Number two. <laughs> What's your second great finance?
0: Okay, um, the Automatic Millionaire by David Bach.
1: Boom! I gotta get that. A million cash or a million credit? A million cash. (laughs) Talk dirty. (laughs) Well, you know what? Because you know when you listen to some of these gurus and you and you know, I know you just said that. Yes. About the gurus, no gurus. We (laughs) ain't rocking with the gurus, (laughs) but um. Um, that's the first thing they'll tell you a million credit man. you don't need the cash. Cash ain't nothing. Yeah. But, well, I'll say this. I'm not saying that credit is not a useful tool,
0: but you know, because you can leverage uh, a million cash into having you have access for credit. People love to loan you money when they see you have money. So right. your million cash means you can have a million cash and then you can say, Hey, I want to borrow a million dollars. And they look to see you have a million cash. And so they say, yeah. So now you have 2 million,
1: the money you All borrow. Right. And then, you see
0: what I mean? Like. Yeah.
1: That's that's a no-brainer right there. Yeah. So that's what I'm just That's <laughs> like when people
0: say, would you rather have a hundred thousand dollars or eight hundred credit score? I'm like, what kind of question is that? hundred thousand dollars. Like, you know how you can raise your credit score to eight hundred maybe in a few months with some free tricks? Give yeah. me my money, you know, like <laughs> right,
1: right, right. Yes. Um, if you want the lottery, what's the first thing you're doing with the money?
0: I am sitting down with my financial planner. And mm-hmm. mapping out like you know mapping out investments like I would I would be pouring in because I already have a plan in place I'd be just I would just activate my plan more like okay here's a here's an extra you know here's extra money to put toward the plan mm-hmm.
1: perfect and the last question this one is um this one is maybe a, a new question for our podcast it's um uncon- it's the unconventional question of the day how important is it for couples to have financial conversations before marriage and second part of that is how soon should those conversations begin
0: very important. My husband and I started having those conversations when we were boyfriend and girlfriend, just probably like a couple months in. I think I just randomly Mm -hmm. asked him, what's your credit score? He was like, (laughs) well, it wasn't that great, but um, we started to fix it then. So, and it took a while. Here's why you want to have it as soon as you can, even if you don't end up marrying that person, because if you do end up marrying that person, we already had years of practice talking about money. Mm. So by the time we got married, it wasn't this bone of contention. Then I was able right. to bring an outside source, Anjali, who's our certified financial planner. And we meet with her like about every month or every other month. And he sits and he listens and asks questions. And he's like, oh, Anjali said she needs this for the insurance. And th- but it, those questions, like imagine we had to just start. It would right. take him probably years for me to get him to convince him we need to meet with somebody. No, we got the kinks out earlier. So the earlier, um, the better. The financial conversations don't have to be like hard ones. It could be, let's save for vacation. That's a financial mm-hmm. conversation. Right. You know, right. it could be, um, you know, like how you, how you buy, your, you know, like um, what type of financing you get for your car. So financial conversations can be light, but you're wanting to practice having those conversations. So by the time you need to have the hard ones, you already have practice under your belt.
1: Wow. That, that requires some levels of vulnerability and transparency. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that, that's another thing that I find that holds us back in our community because a lot of people are not vulnerable and transparent with each other. So especially mm-hmm. in couples, people aren't being a hundred percent transparent. So you don't really re- realize what somebody's weakness is until you're you're so far in, and you have to create a
0: safe space. As right, so that's the key. Yeah, like if you're wanting someone to be vulnerable with you. It's like, you know, you, you 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 open the stage of being vulnerable because my husband wasn't totally open, but I would be vulnerable, like, oh, I made this mistake and I made that mistake and here's a safe space and there's no judgment here. And like I said, we started with light things. Like I was going on vacation and he was like, I want to go too. I said, well, here's how I save. You want me to show you?
1: Right, and it was right, like, okay. Right.
0: You know, that was like, that was an easy thing because there's no fussing about saving for vacation. Right, right. You know, and then he was like, oh, that's dope. But I remember he wanted to get some, a car again. And I told him, I'm like, yeah, but, Newark has these properties that are tax deeds and they go for ten thousand dollars. So yeah, you could get that car or we could save and get one of these ten thousand dollar properties. And he was like, uh, okay, got the property. property. And now he's like, you know what I mean? So it's it made you build upon those easier financial conversations. And now, you know, we talk life insurance, estate planning, it's nothing, it's boom, boom, boom. We don't argue over money, you know, mm-hmm. because but it but in the beginning it w- it was tough. But we've been together like seven years now. So now the money conversations are easier. So
1: I love like, it. I if love you
0: it guys have wanted to get good with money, well let me share this too. So that way people know what are the 10 simple steps to financial homeless. Right. Budgeting, saving, debt, credit, learning to earn, then it's investing for both wealth and retirement, it's right. insurance, net worth, your professional financial team, right. and, and estate planning. Those are the 10 right. steps to financial homeless. And it is the, it is the financial wholeness is when these 10 steps come together to create a strong foundation that the rest of your financial life is built on. That's what financial wholeness is. It's the foundation of the rest of your financial life. And I wish financial wholeness on everyone. If you wanted to get the book, it's available at getgoodwithmoney.com. Purchase it, get it, do, you know, book clubs with your friends.
1: Yes. Um, This is my book club next week, next month.
0: Oh, awesome. It
1: is part of the prayer room. This is, our book, this is part of our book club next month.
0: Oh, I love that. Let me know I'll pop about
1: in. I'm going to have you hop in too. Yes, I will. I will, I
0: will. I'll love. hop Good in.
1: Love. Um, yo, <laughs> okay. Tip. I appreciate you. I thank you. I can't wait for part two to this because it's going to be a part two to this. Yes. And I think that I would love, I, I have something brewing in my head and I'm going to okay. hit you because I need mentorship. Um, we're gonna okay. That too. <laughs> okay. All right. okay. Thank you so much. You're I welcome. love you. love you um, too. This is another amazing episode of The Unconventional Unconventional Christian Podcast.